Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is a UFC 257 preview sponsored by Parimatch. Parimatch are an MMA-focused bookmaker that are also heavily involved in football and are the official betting partners of Everton, Leicester and Juventus. I'm your host, George Ellick, and today I'm joined by two expert panel guests to give you their thoughts and insight ahead of the return of Conor McGregor as he faces off against Dustin Poirier on Saturday night or Sunday morning, if like us, you'll be watching it, or like me, I should say, you'll be watching it in the UK. Uh, first up, we've got Peter Carroll from MMA On Point. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? How excited are you about the weekend? Yeah, I'm very excited. I think um, a lot of people, they're wondering if Connor is still elite. And although uh, he got back to action in January last year with that win against Donald Cerrone, it really gave us no indication as to if he's still among the big boys at 155. Donald Poirier is the best guy in the world outside of, I'd say, Habib. Um, and Connor, so I think it's a perfect fight to introduce him to the title conversation uh, if he does have his hand raised on Saturday night. So I'm very, very excited to see if he still has got it. I think we all are. And we're going to get into the fight shortly, but we're also joined by MMA and boxing journalist Chizanga Malata. Chizanga, how are you doing? And you're, I think, joining us from Abu Dhabi, am I right? That is correct. I'm, uh, although it's not a luxurious location right now. I'm just in my hotel room <laughs> doing stories. I'm not by the beach or, or, or whatever, because unfortunately for this uh, this uh, third installment of Fight Island, we're only restricted to going between our hotel, the fighter hotel and the arena. I think that's just to combat, uh, obviously, the, the, the pandemic that we're still in. A lot of people thought it was going to disappear when it turned 2021, but mm. it's still here. But yeah, I'm live from Abu Dhabi. Um, I'm about actually going to be heading to the arena for the midweek card in just a, a couple of hours. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And more importantly, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday night. There's still a lot of questions, unanswered questions, that will be answered come the end of uh, Saturday. Well, it'll be Saturday morning for me, actually. I'll be around, I think, 10 o'clock at Connor fights. So, but yeah, wow. I'm really looking forward to it. What's the atmosphere like there? I mean, it must be obviously very different given the pandemic and given the restrictions and things. But are you still... Is the kind of anticipation still pretty palpable? I'd say like for the last few days, it's probably, it's not been as big as in other McGregor fight weeks, but I can tell that everybody, even the media members are starting to get a, a bit more excited, especially as, as Connor arrived to the, the hotel, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? I can't, I think it was two days ago, but um, yeah, seeing him arrive and it, it's just made everything a bit more realistic and, and realistic, a bit more, real and brought it to the fore and everybody's buzzing for it to be honest my, my, myself included Pete what would you do to be there I'm actually all right I don't like all this bubble nonsense so I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh I wish you were here Pete and I was like I'm grand in Dublin it's fine don't worry about me <laughs> well <laughs> you, know, you... <laughs> you say that like, but I was say to you, the um a lot of people are telling me that McGregor could get booed on Saturday night based on uh, the people in the hotel that they're speaking to. Uh, the fact that Habib, it would be a Habib stronghold usually. Mm -hmm. The fact that Dustin Poirier came across so well when he fought uh, Habib there not so long ago and they exchanged t-shirts in the middle of the octagon afterwards. Could that be a possibility? Like, we've never seen that. We've never seen Conor McGregor booed at a UFC event. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's fought in this region before. I, I think he fought in Oman, Jordan back in the day. But I mean... A lot has changed then, and a lot of things have been said, and in particular his behavior at the uh, the two to nine press conference. I mean, we, we don't need to go.
go back over that. But some of the things that you did say haven't endeared him to, uh, he hasn't endeared himself to people over this this side of the world. So there is that possibility. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people boo or I was about to say even try throw things at him, but uh, there's uh, there's barriers, there's, there's plexiglass between the, the fans and the media, so that won't be able to happen. But yeah, there, there's a slight possibility that that could happen, which which would be insane. I mean, considering from his second fight onwards, he's just been getting the loudest cheers out of any fighter. But it will be weird if people do boo him because ever since his second fight, um, the, Mac, the Max Holloway fight, I'm not sure if you were there, Pete. It was many, many moons ago. Um, yeah, he's been cheered by everybody, so it would be it would be weird, but I, I wouldn't discount the possibility of that actually happening. Well, we'll see when it comes to the fight on Saturday. We're going to get into the preview now, and just a quick look at the odds before we get into it. Conor McGregor is the four to eleven heavy odds on. Justin Poirier is twenty seven to ten. I, you know, I said to you guys off air before. I am no MMA expert um, at all, but I, I watched the fight between Poirier and McGregor at the time. I watched it again yesterday back in 2014 when both fighters were, were, were featherweights on the on the rise and McGregor was really announcing himself to the world to the world and he got that knockout in just under two minutes it couldn't really have been more convincing Pete what's the reason I mean, why can we expect anything different this time around what's happened in the last six years uh, with these two fighters to, to expect this to be a different fight Dustin Poirier was getting dropped a lot at 145 against guys who really had no business uh, dropping him. Uh, Akira Karasani was one of the guys. And look, Akira was a very yeah. strong, durable guy, uh, tough fighter, but he, he's not in, in, in Dustin's world in terms of how elite he is. And uh, guys like this were getting dropped. Uh, like Poirier was getting dropped by guys like this. And as soon as he went up to 155, he became a completely new fighter. He's so durable. Um, he actually really seems to relish firefights. He sits in the pocket, exchanges all the time. Um, but, I mean, for those reasons, that's why Connor is the favorite, I believe. Nobody hits like Connor does. Um, and, and if you're going to go into a contest with him and stand in the pocket and just exchange punches, um, it's going to be bad news. He's proved he still has the stopping power in the fight against Donald Cerrone. And he proved that how dynamic he is. Like he was hitting him with shoulders. He was kicking him um, using all types of different tools of his arsenal to, to get rid of Donald Cerrone. So for me, you know, Connor's a lot bigger. Dustin's a lot bigger. Dustin can certainly withstand a lot more. But from what I'm hearing with the addition of Phil Sutcliffe, a legendary boxing mind in Ireland into, into Connor's camp, he's sharper. He's hitting harder. And I really just don't see Donald, uh, sorry, Dustin Poirier being able to stand in front of him and take those shots and, and last the way he did against Dan Hooker and the way he did against Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje. That's the, that's the one thing that keeps on kind of come, popping into my head when I think about the contest. Chizanga, do you think there's any learnings we can take from that first fight all those years ago? I mean, it's it's nearly seven years ago, that fight. Seven years ago in, in September. And, and I mean, literally, I think... I think we kind of, I don't want to say the birth of a superstar, but that was the, the, the beginning. That's when he announced himself as a real legitimate featherweight title contender. And like, I remember watching it and then like I, I turned to one of my good friends and I was just like, okay, this this guy, he, he, he can back it up because Poirier was the um, was the benchmark. And indeed, he still is the benchmark in the, in the division now. But in terms of what we can glean from that fight seven years ago, well, nearly seven years ago. I don't think you can anymore because they're both developed so so much since then, in particular Poirier. I mean, 
PT touched on it, like the move up to 155 pounds was so beneficial for him. And he had a setback against uh, against Michael Johnson, but I still don't think he would really filled out to a 155 pound frame. And that obviously the loss to Habib, he's only lost. But yeah, so he's won 10 of his last 13 fights now, a completely different fighter. And as PT said, he's completely more durable. Mike Brown and Daya Ali Davis have really transformed him into... As as PT said, a fighter who who likes to trade inside the pocket and is durable and can go to war, but as PT said again, I I I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea against against Connor. I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to ask it straight up for a prediction and our breakdown of it, so I won't say it right mm-hmm. now. But I, uh, I I think he's he can't stand and trade with Connor. That's that would be. Uh, I don't want to say suicide because that's a bit of a harsh word, but it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's not the, the night won't last very long if he does that. So I was I was gonna say to Chisanga like the big thing that was made of the first fight, and I was there for it in Vegas, and mm. um, was when Poirier walked out to the weigh-in, he couldn't believe the amount of Irish people there, and a lot's yeah. been made of this in the lead up to it. Like he seemed completely overwhelmed when he was faced with this rabid fan base because Connor had put himself out as the like the like the kind of captain ireland when he bet mm. diego brandel like he was like it looked like to the watching world that this guy was the savior of the nation when he when he put diego brandel away in dublin and it was only a few short months later that he was in um the us for that press conference with poirier and you could already see it for me as you said Chisanga, it was a moment uh for me that kind of showed him going from an irish commodity to an international commodity mm. he became a global quantity uh ahead of this poirier fight but the big thing is being made of uh, Poirier. He got into Poirier's head, all this kind of stuff. The one thing I'll say for Poirier is he's been in huge, huge fights since then. Yeah. He's fought Habib in Abu Dhabi. He's fought Justin Gaethje. He's fought Max Holloway and won um, for the for the interim lightweight title. I do think that will certainly stand to him. But in this situation, with only 2,000 people there, it's not really going to be like the classic McGregor fight, is it, Chisanga? Like, it's not going to have the same um, electricity in the room that can sometimes affect his opponents. Do you think that could stand to him at all? Um, I, I think that could could benefit him. As, as you say, like, obviously, every McGregor fight, there's just a sea of Irish Irish flags and a sea of uh, your fellow countrymen enjoying the amber nectar, which I wish which I wish I could be doing on the same night, but obviously you have to, have to be working. So... Yeah, I think that's going to work in his favor. And as you said, as we alluded to before, the possibility that the fans might boo Connor. I mean, that could very well work in Dustin's favor. But in terms of the atmosphere at the arena, I'm not quite sure of like the official number of how many people were there for the uh, the Holloway fight. They said 2,000, but I, I don't know if that's the case. But the acoustics of the arena are very, very good. Like at times, it felt like there was like maybe 4,000 fans in there. Like you the... The acoustics are that good, so I mean there will be a bit of electricity. Yeah, I think everybody's everybody's hearts will be racing because it's a corner fight and and what have you. But it won't be the same as last January or whatever. It, it but that's obviously just the world we live in right now. Let's talk about Connor to start with. And, you know, there are some reports out of the McGregor camp that his hands are sharper than ever. Pete, mm-hmm. I mean, is that just is that just classic, you know, pre-fight talk, or is there reason to believe that could be the case? Listen, I I didn't believe a word out of that camp for the last um, two years, to be honest. But I actually genuinely believe this. I saw a big um, leaf being torn ahead of the Cerrone fight 
um a focused connor i was talking yesterday about this it actually reminds me of the connor from 2000 uh, sorry 2011 and 2012 just before he got to the ufc he was nearly like an irish bruce lead you know what i mean like he was yeah. talking all this <laughs> craziness about martial arts obviously a few swear words thrown in the mix for color but he was uh he was the way he was speaking about things it, it felt like he was this um amazing combat mind and he's gone back to that now again and in a similar vein back then he used to get all these crazy martial artists in like taekwondo coaches to work on his spinning kicks yeah. i feel like the addition of phil Sutcliffe, the boxing coach is is his version of that these days and it's funny that he did it after the mayweather fight like i mean he goes through a whole boxing camp he goes through a whole boxing camp without a coach and then he gets this guy in um ahead of the Cerrone fight and he started circulating boxing uh boxers through the camp like 15 and 1 dylan moran's been in the mm-hmm. camp 11 time national champion william hayden's been in the in the camp like these guys are no slouches and connor's putting in work with them all the time um and, and on top of philly is bra brady there and and a and a power pad man as well. Like this is very intricate stuff. You usually don't see it in um, MMA camps. Like a, there's a pad man, there's a precision pad man, mm-hmm. and there's a power pad man. So it's very, very focused training on his boxing. Um, a lot of people think that's because he is in pursuit of that fight with Manny Pacquiao. But in fairness, it should suit this fight because you don't see Dustin go to the ground an awful lot either. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely believe it's true. Like a. Uh, Owen Roddy has told me off the record about this a long time before I got him to commit it to record. So usually you don't have people volunteering that kind of information unless it's true. So I, I genuinely believe that. Um, and it's a scary proposition considering what he's done already in his career. But I, I do believe that there is something to it that I think his, his hands have sharpened. Yeah, I spoke to John as well uh, last week. Uh, we had to do an impromptu interview in actually the dressing room of the Etihad because I couldn't get Wi-Fi anywhere else. But yeah, even even John was saying uh, the fact that Connor he he seems to be a bit more muscle bound as well, and he's saying that he's hitting harder than than usual. And granted, that has been the pre-fight amble for a lot of fights as well. But as you said, with the addition of, uh, of Phil Sutcliffe and the other coaches, I I tend to believe it, and I think that. We're probably going to see a, a slicker and more methodical Connor in this fight with his hands. I mean, you say slicker and more more methodical. Um, you know, we mentioned the fight back in 2014 again. We know how mm. Connor likes to fight. Looking at the odds again, the, the the method of victory. I mean, Connor McGregor by by knockout, technical knockout or disqualification, is four to seven favorite. The mm. the, the the fight to be stopped in round one is the two to one favorite as well in the round betting. So the most likely round it's going to be stopped in is round one again. Do, do you think that's fair? Can we expect to see, you know, uh, the same, the same uh, mentality and the same tactics from McGregor in this fight? Mm, I, I, I don't know, you know, see, I, I think, I think psychologically, as John Kavanagh has, has said before, that Poirier, Poirier won't necessarily be able to get that loss out of his, out of his mind. And I think, Although, although I believe he has to close the distance and, and try and make this a dogfight and tire out McGregor, I think that he'll be wary of doing that so early in the fight when Connor is at his freshest and when his fast muscle, fast twitch muscle fibers haven't been sapped whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to give my prediction because you're going to ask me flat out, but <laughs> you, you'll, you'll ask me outright in a, in, in a couple of moments. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I see it going longer than one round, definitely. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be blown away. I'd be blown away. Like, I mean, that would be so impressive if McGregor goes in there and does that to Poirier, puts him away. When these guys like Max Holloway, who we saw put on an absolute oh, masterclass last beautiful. weekend, like Justin Cagey, 
these guys are hard hitting guys, man. And it took them a lot longer than one round. Like they, like I mean, they didn't even get get rid of him. He won those fights. But I'm saying, if Connor goes in and does that, I mean, the calls for a Habib rematch, it's gonna go off the charts. I think he he predicted that it's gonna take sixty seconds and. You know, believe it or not, he is a quite confident lad. Uh, <laughs> I never would have guessed. I, mean, that. I think it's. Um, I think a lot of people will be putting money on that because Connor has predicted it. Um, so many outcomes of his fights, but um, again, I may have a different thing in mind, but I won't say it just yet. Just no. like, oh, because we're keeping. Oh. Up. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting. <laughs> the end i mean for, there are going to be a few people listening to this podcast and, and watching this video who who basically tune in when connor's fighting and that's their kind of their interest in the sport only and, and maybe won't know too much about dustin poirier so let's talk about him here i mean his his record in recent fights is obviously you know absolutely superb he, he lost to to, uh, to habib a couple of fights ago but beyond that has won won a fair few on the trot. I mean, what can we expect different from him? How do we expect him to, to anticipate the fight? He's obviously a lot bigger than he was uh, seven years ago. Yeah, PC, I'll let, I'll let you take that one first. Okay, okay. He's a, he's an incredible... Like, this guy, ever since he came into the UFC, was considered, like, this guy's going to be a champion. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's nearly disrespectful to people cast their minds back to the last fight and go, oh, it's a different Poirier. The Poirier back then was legit. Like the Poirier mm. then, if he had to beat Connor, he would have fought Aldo for the title. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He was he was a great fighter. It's just he wasn't as durable as the 155 version of Poirier. Um, on top of the durability that we've seen, um, his punching is is his striking is just phenomenal now. He's he's so slick. I don't think the hooker fight is the best advertisement for how slick he can be. Um, he'd been out for a bit before that fight, but if they go back and watch the Holloway fight, for example, like that, that's an absolute clinic he put on against yeah. one of the best strikers in the UFC. Um, I think the one thing people will hold against him, and obviously they saw it with the first Conor fight, is the fact that he has been downed. He has been knocked out. Um, Jasanga mentioned earlier, Michael Johnson. Um, obviously, Conor has beaten him in the past like that too. Like, this is combat sports, and the more you get knocked out, the more it becomes a thing that can happen. The probability becomes higher every time it happens to you. But he is certainly top of the food chain at 155. Like, without Habib in the picture... Like, I, I wouldn't argue with anyone that put, you know, him number one, number two in the division. So, he's an absolute killer. He is a big threat. Um, if McGregor wasn't in the division, I could see him beating all of these other guys there. I wouldn't argue with anyone that would pick him against them. So, I, I think he's a very, very good fight. A very, very competitive fight. And for that reason, I think it's a, it's a far bigger test than, say, Donald Cerrone, who he absolutely destroyed in 40 seconds in January last year. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, and on the on the Cerrone fight, I mean, so, yeah, so Cerrone Cerrone beat himself that night in the octagon. Like, as as soon as Connor's music came on, his demeanor just changed, and and everything. But going going back to to Poirier, I mean, Poirier just since that fight, he's just come on leaps and bounds. He's won, I think, ten of his last thirteen fights. Obviously, went on to claim the interim lightweight title with a clinic against Max Holloway, and uh, as Peter said. The narrative that he wasn't legit when he fought Connor is—I don't know who's perpetuating that that, that narrative because he was, and <laughs> because he was, he was, a, he was a standout in the WEC and now defunct uh, promotion. Well, yeah, it is defunct because obviously the UFC bought them many a, a moon ago. And even when he was in the WEC, people were saying this guy has the skills to go on and be a, a world champion. And I still firmly believe that he has the skills to be a world champion. And well. 
look at the champions who he's beaten. He's beaten Eddie Alvarez. He's beaten Justin Gaethje. He's beaten Max Holloway. And he's beaten Anthony Pettis, three of whom held wow. gold in, in the UFC. So that just shows you how much he's improved since the Conor fight. And obviously since the uh, the Michael Johnson fight, which was, it was kind of like a flash knockout, really. Like Michael Johnson kind of hit and miss for those of you guys that don't really know it. I'd say he's what you call like a plus 500 fighter. He wins one, he loses one, wins one, loses one. But those people who are sleeping on Poirier, like do so at your own peril because I, I, I really do think that he's going to give Connor a really rough night. Let's talk now then about kind of how McGregor got here. And of course, last time he saw him was uh, against Donald Cerrone. The fight only lasted 40 seconds. This was pretty much expected. So kind of Pete, why, what, why did that fight really even happen? And, and was it pretty necessary to get to where we are now? Yeah, I think I think the Cerrone fight, it wasn't important in terms of the opponent. Like, I don't think anybody um, who knows the sport really gave Donald Cerrone much of a chance against Conor McGregor when they were matched. But it was very important in the sense that it got him working again. It got him back into a camp. It got him motivated. And uh, it proved that he could get himself back into pristine condition and that he still had that signature stopping power because the version we saw of Conor against Habib was a shadow of the guy that we knew. Um, he, he didn't even look physically very well. And look, I know I'm one to talk, but I mean, for Conor McGregor, you know, <laughs> he, looks, he usually looks like a superhero and he didn't really look that great at all against Habib. Even the way he carried on ahead of the fight. Like, usually there's just an intelligence to, to what he's saying and things like that. But before the Habib fight, it was like, it just was so, so evil. It was really dark and it was just, it was just really sinister. Everything about that for me was just everything that Connor shouldn't be. That was what was going on in that camp, uh, unfortunately. But um, the Cerrone camp allowed him to get back and, and allowed him to, to, to really focus his energy on training camp again. And I think once he got that positive result, once he got that positive outcome, he knew he'd be able to press on ahead and, and take on bigger challenges. And that's what we have now in Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I agree with you, PT, in terms of uh, getting Connor back on track because he immediately started campaigning. He was like, yeah, I want to headline uh, 248 in March. And yeah, I, I, I want to come back. I want to I have the season, to quote him. That's what that's what you're saying. But obviously that didn't come to fruition through no fault of his own. But what was refreshing to see was that he just kept on training. Like he kept updating everybody, showing that look, I'm still, I'm still active. I'm still, I'm I still want to fight. And I think that's obviously what led to him being so frustrated that he leaked the DMs with Dana White, like on uh, on, on on Twitter. So yeah, cowboy, like I don't want to necessarily say it was a layup because that's disrespectful to like a legend of, of the sport that that Donald is, but I don't think anybody foresaw the possibility unless Donald got like an Eminari role or something and, or a heel hook that he was going to win that fight. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of had to happen to get Conor back on track and for bigger and better things. But the real hard work starts now and starts on uh, Saturday. And the thing if, is, if you um, were... the la like the, the thing that like I know Conor has had massive controversies, continues to have controversies yeah. outside the cage. But as far as the MMA fan base are concerned, they just want to see him fight. The vast majority yeah. of people, they just want to see him fight. And their biggest complaint about Conor from 2017 to 2019, like he didn't fight enough. He wasn't fighting in MMA. Um, you know, so so that really, that camp, that Donald Cerrone fight, it allowed him to fight. It allowed him to look good again. 
and, and there was, as Shisanga said, there was that promise of him gonna gonna fight a lot more, and obviously COVID ruined that. But I, I think once he competes and once he shows an appetite to compete, that really gets him back on on good terms with the the MMA fan base, mm. the broader sense anyway. A lot more people will be uh, willing to listen to him. A lot more people will be getting behind him if he is competing and he is active. Yeah, I agree with that. You've said there that, you know, after the Cerrone fight, you know, we, we can see Connor back to some kind of strength. But if you're in the Poirier camp, where are you looking to exploit some weaknesses? I mean, where, where are you going to this fight? Where are you thinking this is where we can win that fight? Well, for me, I I think Poirier, he's, he's got to close the distance, but he's got to do it in a range, in a way, in a range, in a way where he just doesn't walk straight into Connor's range. I mean, Look at what happened to Jose Aldo and even Eddie Alvarez to a to, to a certain extent, although that wasn't anywhere near as emphatic as Aldo's attempt to to close the distance. He's got to close the distance and press Connor up against a cage and make him work for dominant position and get him tired. That's what I think. That's where his route to victory lies. And although I'm sure he'd love to uh, to to get it back to get the victory back to level the series with the stunning knockout. I don't foresee that Mike Brown and everybody at American Top Team would have, well, told him to engage him in a, in a striking battle. I think the strikes that we'll see from Poirier will be to try initiate some sort of clinch. If they won't be, well, I don't want to say fully fully committed strikes, but I think yeah, that will be it. That he'll try to engage from the clinch from the strikes, and there'll be more setups than hard punishing shots. But then again, he could just be overwhelmed by the sense that, oh, I have the chance to get this guy back. Let me just swing everything at him. And I mean, so many fighters go in there with different game plans for uh, for Conor, like Eddie Alvarez. Everybody thought that Eddie Alvarez was going to be the stiffest test because of his wrestling credentials. But Eddie, I think, attempted one takedown. And that was, well, I'm a big fan of Eddie Alvarez. He's the OG of the fight game, but it was a lazy attempt of a takedown. So I just hope Dustin Poirier doesn't fall into that similar trap. It's funny, like a lot of people are talking about grappling and stuff like this. We rarely see Dustin Poirier grappling. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's great at catching submissions. If the fight does somehow end up on the ground for whatever reason, he's great at catching submissions. He has a lovely guillotine. We've seen his triangle. We've seen his his uh, work from the guard position it, back in the day in the UFC in his early days and, yeah. and in the WEC as well. But I don't think his takedowns are, are brilliant. I think the the only time I've been really like, well look at this guy's wrestling was against Joseph Duffy all those years ago when he absolutely put on a wrestling clinic, man. He put on a clinic. <laughs> Us poor Irish lads just can't wrestle for beans. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, the thing about Connor is he can't, like he, he's a good counter wrestler. We saw it in that first round against Habib. And look, I don't, Connors can't put a lot of merit in that. Like, look how long he stopped him for before yeah. Habib dominated the round. But when you when you measure it against the likes of Gaethje, who was a Division One A wrestler, and, and Poirier as well, who fought Habib, like I mean, Connor did better than them at trying to stop that onslaught for that first yeah. exchange, anyway. So I do feel like Dustin Poirier, if he's trying to grapple, it's going to be a tough night because I don't I don't rate his his takedowns all that much. But I do feel like if he gets the fight to the ground. Connor's going to have to be very wary of those submission skills because he has plenty of them. Looking at the method of victory odds again for Poirier, you've got uh, knockout is six to one, uh, decision or technical decision is seven to one, and then submission is twelve to one. Would you agree that the knockout would be the, the most likely method of victory if he is to win? No, I think I think yeah. I'd back the other two before I back the knockout. To be honest, and they're better mm-hmm. odds. So there you go. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with Pete. Yeah, I've, I mean, Poirier does have stopping power. We've, we've, we've seen that before. But Connor's got a durable chin. Although some people will say that, oh yeah, he got rocked by Nate Diaz. But as, as, uh, as gangly as Nate Diaz is, he has deceptive punching power as well himself. So, but I, I, if, if, if it's for me, I'd go, I'd choose the, the decision, a hundred percent. Interesting. Like, I mean, I, I can see it like. It- I could see it like um, in terms of the knockout. The only way I see that happening is Connor completely gasses himself out trying to put Poirier away over the two rounds. Like yep. he needs to be completely exhausted though. And then Poirier uh, hits a rhythm because he's great at putting a pace on lads. Like it would be an accumulation of damage or just completely mm-hmm. overwhelming him stamina wise that would lead to a TKO finish for me from Poirier. But again, I don't think Connor's cardio is as bad as people think it is you know like like look he looked bad uh, in the fourth round against Habib but Khabib had Justin Gaethje a guy who's never been criticized for his cardio he had him completely gassed after one round yeah. in there with him so it's a different kind of guy again Nate Diaz one of the most famous engines in all of MMA and he went five rounds with him after that that uh the first fight so I don't know I think it's a it's a very hard task for 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 Dustin to finish this by TKO or KO, I believe. But I, I do think decision, probably what Shazanga is saying, is, is, is one of the more likely ways of Dustin getting the job done. We're going to get into the predictions now. And, and Shazanga, I know I've cut, you, I've cut you short a couple of times. Oh. Even nearly, <laughs> so I'll come to you first. But let's have like a, an over, you know, how do you expect, beyond just what you think is going to happen, how do you expect the fight to play out tactically? And who do you think is going to end up winning and, and, and by, by which method? As I said earlier, I think Poirier will be a bit hesitant to begin with, so much so that I don't foresee the fight ending in 60 seconds unless Connor goes hell for leather. But I think he's learned not to do that. Like, as uh, as PT said, uh, he talked about the Nate Diaz fight, the first Nate Diaz fight. He, he gassed himself out in those uh, two rounds trying to trying to take him out and then obviously subsequently was was finished. So... I see. I see Poirier being a bit, bit tentative, and I think also I th- what a lot of people don't do. I think I think Poirier is going to utilize leg kicks to Connor because Connor leads very heavy on his lead leg, and I think if he does that, if he chips away at the tree, metaphorical tree that is <laughs> is Connor, uh, ev- eventually he'll fall and fall in terms of his explosiveness, and that he'll be a bit, well, he'll be a bit more flat footed, and he'll be there for the taking, but. That being said, I just don't. I'm I'm not looking past Connor in this one. I think he's mo- he's more motivated than than we've ever seen him. And as John Kavanagh said, psychologically, a devastating loss like that is hard to erase. I I mean, Michael Bisping did it against Dan Henderson uh, a long time ago at UFC 204, which we which we uh, we talked about there, PC. But I just foresee Connor getting it done. And I think the method of victory will be a third round stoppage. That's that's my. I'm going on record saying Connor will get it done in the third round. McGregor in round three is ten to one. Pete, your turn now. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like one of the things that Dustin didn't know about Connor in that first fight is how intelligent of a striker he is. Um, you know, Connor's left hand is so powerful that a lot of people just pay attention to that and don't realize they're falling straight into his trap. Uh, what he did with Poirier in the fourth fight, he was throwing all these um, spectacular kicks, but all he was trying to do was is get him to move to the left to set up his left hand. And then as soon as he did, as soon as he started falling into that pattern, it was lights out. So Poirier's going to have to be he, he has to know, like, this is an intelligent guy. Mike Brown's one of the best coaches in the world. 
they're going to be so weary of not falling into his trap, not hitting, not hitting the kind of rhythm that Connor wants them to hit. They're going to be constantly trying to off pace Connor, break up his rhythm. Um, and you know what, Shasango, I'm nearly bullying that you went for us because that is also my prediction. Is Connor? <laughs> <and Connor>. <laughs> <laughs> I swear That's we have not good. colluded. <laughs> We've not colluded before this. That, that is ideal. We've got one. We just one tip for everybody listening. The two, the two. <laughs> Analysts both going for McGregor round three, 10 to one. I mean, that's good odds as well. That is a yeah, that is good odds. I'm gonna go that for it. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna you, hey, well, especially round one's two to one, and you've got round three at 10 to one. Yeah, I'll start gambling yeah, yeah, my yeah. wedding money. <laughs> 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 and then I'll have We're to explain it. We're going to yeah. have so you're both tipping McGregor to win this one, which is good because our sponsor, Parry Match, have a special offer for the fight. Six to one on Conor McGregor to beat Dustin Poirier. The current odds, as I mentioned, are four to 11. So you're getting six to one, about a four to 11 shot. Five pound maximum stake. Winnings are paid in free bets. 18 plus only. Be gamble aware and T's and C's do apply, but sign up for a Parry Match account in the link in the YouTube description to claim that offer. A fiver on Conor McGregor at six to one. Not much to uh, to complain about there. So, uh, so get on that. And now we're going to talk about a bit of what happens next. And, and I guess the question that we have to ask is if you are both right, if, if Conor McGregor ends it in, in round three and, and you guys are a little bit richer and hopefully a few of our listeners and viewers are too, can we then expect Habib McGregor too? Um, to come off the back of it. I think the 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 fan base themselves, if if McGregor does look impressive, if McGregor can put Poirier away, um, I think the fan base themselves will make so much noise for that fight. I don't think Habib's the kind of guy to show up, have all these meetings, tease it a few times, all this kind of stuff without actually thinking about doing it. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say for Habib is, right, there's a lot of reasons to do this fight. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made for Habib. It's um, he's fighting the biggest star in the sport. They're both the biggest stars in the sport. Uh, the UFC will make a lot of money. It'll probably break pay-per-view records. But in terms of Habib's legacy, I don't think that adds to it. He's already beaten McGregor soundly. The, that's the one thing I'd say that will go against Habib signing on the dotted line. He's already beaten him soundly. But I do feel like this is a different Connor. Connor was all over the place when he fought Habib. Mm-hmm. Like um, it was. You know, I picked against him uh, in the fight. I picked uh, a submission by Habib. I had no confidence in him whatsoever. And I, I can safely say that this is a different beast. But will that be enough to, to sway Habib? Only the performance on Saturday night will do that. Um, so I do I do expect it to happen, to be honest. I don't think there can be this much smoke without fire. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Chisanga. No, I think the UFC will go hell for leather to if, if Conor wins to to. Well, he has to win in spectacular fashion. That that's those are Habib's own own words. But I think the UFC will will go for broke and offer him. Well, I, I don't even think money. I think what how they'll try and entice him. You know, he has all these um, charities and he's very philanthropic. I think they'll they'll appear to his charitable side and be like, okay, we might make like a fifty million pound donation to to whatever charity. Because do you remember, like, I think a few days after UFC 229, he went to Africa and was building water wells. So I think that's how they'll try getting back. But in terms of the matchup itself, I mean, as you say, Connor was not himself in the, uh, in in the first fight. And I, yeah, he wasn't himself. That's the best way to put it without being very, very crude and very, very, very harsh. But I actually think, I actually think that, 
Habib would be interested in coming back purely for the fact that he can silence those people that are saying, oh, well, you you didn't fight the best Connor and whatever, because obviously this Connor that we've seen over the last um, 11 or 13, 12, 13 months, sorry, he's motivated, he's back, he's the, he's the best that he's ever been, best shape he's ever been in. So I think that would motivate Habib to be like, you know what, let me just do it one more time, shut him up, 30 and 0, undisputed UFC lightweight champion, once for all, right off into the sunset, and that would be it. Another thing about what Habib is doing, uh, the fact that he said, oh, I'm going to have to wait and see. These guys have to be spectacular. It's kind of like big brother and Connor. And Connor did this to Habib in 2016 after he bet Alvarez. Uh, everybody felt as though Habib was the number one contender in the division. And Connor was like, oh, this guy pulls out too many fights. Uh, yeah. I'd never signed on the dotted line to fight a guy who pulls out as much as this guy. And then he went on to fight Mayweather and subsequently derailed his career for a few years. But... I think it's that Habib is using this opportunity to be like, look, I, I'm the cheese now. You're not. I'm the champ. You, I, I make the calls here. You don't. So um, I feel like that was a big part of that message coming out from Dana as well. You have to impress Habib for him to even entertain the idea of fighting. I feel like that's a, a big champ move. I mean, the, the fight not, might not even be happening, but uh, the odds checker have, I mean, there are prices up on the site. Khabib. Habib is the two to seven favorite, Connor five to two. So you can see there's still an expectancy that if the fight does happen, Habib would come out on top. Um, what about Pacquiao? I mean, that's the other question to ask. What about uh, what, what about a fight with Manny? Um, I'm going to get upset with you now, George. If you keep, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't tell you, man. I, I if that broke my heart when he fought Mayweather, like. For look, before Connor got to the UFC, he fought uh, at 155 a good few times around Ireland, and I was there for a lot of them. And he was just sparking lads out in seconds. And then, uh, for the Cage Warriors title, his last fight before the UFC, Ivan Butchinger, a really respected Russian grappler, he butchered him left hand knockout, one of the most beautiful left hand knockouts you'll see in the sport and then he got, gets signed to the UFC and they say we want you to fight a featherweight so he had to drop back down again and all the while while he's at featherweight even when the run is amazing he's beating Aldo I'm like man wait till you see this guy at 55 he's even he packs even more power he goes in against Alvarez puts on the performance of a lifetime and I'm going well there it is I told you this is going to be magic and then he just ruins his MMA run. Yeah. It was gone. Because of Floyd Mayweather, because of the money he made, there was no hunger. Um, he, had, he hadn't wrestled in a year by the time he'd, he fought Habib at the point when he came back. It really messed him up. Like, I, I feel like, honestly, Conor's legacy could be so much stronger if, if he didn't go away and fight Mayweather. Look, he's a lot wealthier for it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. His brand is way bigger. But I, I'd be so disappointed if he did this with um, Manny Pacquiao. Because it's going to derail him again. Like I was speaking to UFC welterweight Danny Roberts about this only yesterday. And he was like, it's nearly impossible to juggle two sports yeah. like that. So I'd be really against that in terms of, I want to see Conor now. I want to see the best guy. I want to see him put his best foot forward every time. I want to see him keeping a clean nose, not making a fool of himself outside the octagon. So I don't like that Manny Pacquiao fight it's at all. But the fact that Manny has signed for a paradigm... Uh, McGregor's management company, it, it's not looking good for me. I'll tell you that is it more likely to happen to Zanger if he, I mean, if he loses? Because then there's almost, you know, if he loses on Saturday, just another payday, get himself another another million dollar watch. Fuck, oh, yeah, you see those little rascal watches he posted on Instagram the other day? Christ. <laughs> Worth more than, like, 10 times more than people's houses and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, in terms of the, the, the Pacquiao matchup, I, I've, 
I don't want to see it. I, I I don't want to see it. Like we saw what happened with Floyd, and let's let's call a spade a spade. Floyd took it easy on him for the first probably six rounds or so until he then he broke out the Philly shell guard and he started just walk walking corner down like that, which we haven't seen Floyd doing since he was pretty boy Floyd. So that was that just shows you how confident he was and how he, he essentially carried the fight, but. In terms of the Pacquiao matchup, it's it's a walk in the park for Manny, a walk in the park. But I don't want this walk in the park to come to fruition. But as PT said, they're both managed by the same same company, Paradigm, now. So, I mean, it's pointing towards that. But I want to see the run that we should have seen after he beat Eddie Alvarez in 2016. And one could even argue that if he had gone on the run and if he'd wiped out the the contenders uh, um, after being Eddie, that the Floyd fight would have still been there. I mean, Floyd in a couple of weeks is fighting Logan Paul in Japan. So <laughs> who's gonna win that one? Logan's got a chance, bro. Logan's got a chance. Let's let's. He's he's bigger than him if he connects, bro. <laughs> he's got Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, no, I, I, I don't want to see it. I want Connor to stay focused on on mixed martial arts and fulfilling the season that unfortunately COVID deprived us of last year. And before we let you go, let's just quickly talk about what happens next if Poirier wins this. I mean, is is he a big enough draw to get Habib to come and fight? Who do, who do we see him coming up against next if he manages to beat Connor on Saturday? Could be even bigger, you know. He could end up fighting someone like Jake Paul. Um, I don't know like I I don't feel like um, I don't feel like Habib will want to fight Poirier again even if he goes in and Aryukens Connor to death like in the first round I just don't think he's going to want to do that again because he because he he probably bet Poirier more soundly than he bet Connor even though Poirier landed one beautiful punch on him that's probably the hardest he's been hit Um, but I feel like if if it's Poirier, he's probably going to take a, a a closer look at that co-main event between Dan Hooker and uh, Michael Chandler. But I also um, I don't believe Dana White when he says that the GSP thing's off the no. table. I don't believe it for a second. So um, I think that could be a possibility. Maybe that maybe that's still the biggest possibility because that seems to be who mm-hmm. Habib wants to fight the most. I think in terms of Poirier, like PT, I think you're forgetting that if Poirier is to win. They're just going to run that fight back with Connor again, a hundred percent, because that'll be the, 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 that'll be the money yeah, fight, yeah. another money fight for them. But then, obviously, that will close the door on Habib returning for either of those guys. So, yeah, that's that that that's what will be next for Poirier if he gets the job done, unless he decides, you know what? In fact, no, he has no choice in the matter. Let, let's not let's not be around the bush. Like when Connor uh, lost to Nate. He went straight to Lorenzo and Dana that night, and he's like, "I want the rematch. Like this is going to happen next." And then, lo and behold, it came together. So, so I think, yeah, obviously, you get McGregor Poirier three, and then obviously that's a sellable fight for the promotion, like well, at least a, a million pay per view buys, and yeah, that would be it. So, Poirier McGregor three. Nate Diaz would be so. <laughs> <nice to happen. laughs> oh is is he not? Pra- Nate Diaz waiting for that. Oh, gosh, I know. <laughs> or but well, Dana keeps saying that he's got something in the pipeline for him. So, but I think I have a sneaking suspicion that's going to be Justin Gaethje. Wow, that'd be fantastic. Not a fight for him though, because I think that's the fight his chin will go in. Sounds like another podcast in a few months then. But yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, guys. Thanks a lot for taking the time to speak to us today, uh, Pete Carroll and Chazanga Malata. 
thanks for listening and watching the Odds Checker betting show. Don't forget that Parry Match have a special offer for this fight. Six to one on Conor McGregor to beat Dustin Poirier. All the details can, details can be found below in the YouTube descri uh, description box. Don't forget to subscribe to the video, to our YouTube channel and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to our podcast channel as well. Do enjoy the fight, whether it's Saturday night or Sunday morning for you. And please do gamble responsibly. Mm -hmm.